This is the Anatomy of a Scream Pod Squad Network. Welcome back to White Ladies in Crisis. It's a podcast dedicated to the first season of Physical on Apple TV. I'm Joe Lipset, and I'm joined as always by my fabulous co-hosts, Gina Radcliffe. Hello. And Jen Adams. Hi. All right, ladies, we are up to episode five, the halfway point of season one, and it's called Let's Agree to Disagree. Generally, the overview of this one is that Danny gets to go on a local news debate show. Greta has <laughs> lost her maid because Sheila stole her camcorder, and said camcorder was used to shoot a sample video at the beach to convince Bunny that a home video cassette is a good idea. And some other things. <laughs> and lots of things. It's, yeah. a, it's, a, it's a Bunny-centric episode, which I was, which I was very happy about. I'm Me so too. happy. Okay, so that's a fantastic place to start, Gina. I don't know about YouTube, but I was kind of secretly hoping that this was going to be an all-bunny episode. Mm, like yeah. at the fly or something? Mm. Yeah, I would have liked that too. I'm just so intrigued by how the reveal that she is apparently Libyan. Mm -hmm. And, you know, obviously estranged from her family and trying to... Uh, I would assume she is with the blonde, dyed blonde hair, she's trying to appear white. Yeah. But it's, uh, you know, apparently so, you know, determined to not come back into the fold of her family that she is living in a van. That's that's the big reveal here. We we we, we thought that she was living at the studio. No, it's where she's living in a van. Yeah. Mm -hmm. And I am wondering how that's ultimately going to play out in the, the rest of the plot. See, to me, that coded that she was a little bit more financially downtrodden, but I really hope it doesn't turn into something kind of violent or dangerous. The vibe I got was just kind of struggling to make ends meet because she mentions getting cut off by her father, I think. Mm -hmm. Yeah, I mean, I think it's just another, it's going to be another thing that kind of, because she seems to soften up a, a little tiny bit towards Sheila by the end of the episode. Mm -hmm. <laughs> maybe like a tiny <laughs> a tiny little bit <laughs> you don't have nothing yeah. you're not the worst yeah. <laughs> yeah yeah and it's one of those times when i think um this is maybe touching on a cultural thing that i don't quite understand but that she has broken out of this like set of rigid expectations in a way mm -hmm. that i think sheila really wants to you know so right, that's exactly. another way like i think sheila thinks she's attracted to bunny for one reason and she's really just attracted to her empowerment you know right. exactly oh and it's important to point out joe you were correct tyler is actually her boyfriend i know <laughs> yes <laughs> yeah i i i give that to you i almost felt like oh this is confirmation that even if they are together they don't appear to like each other so much like maybe it's just because tyler is too high all the time but <laughs> when he offers to give her a back rub it seems like a weird concession like there's no physicality between these two and it's very odd to me i think that they probably more rely on each other than love each other at this point mm -hmm. and mm -hmm. it's and, uh, and you know it's pretty clear that him and sheila have something going on like oh, yeah. you know just some sort of you know unspoken attraction yeah. 
his little throwaway line about the Kama Sutra that you don't even quite get. I was like, hmm, maybe there's more. But I also think because there's a moment when we see Danny and Sheila and they're hugging and he just reaches down and grabs her ass. And there's really no reason to to show that except to say maybe the reason that it took us so long to figure out if Tyler was her boyfriend and that they don't seem super like physical is that he is just really, really aware of her consent level, you know? And then mm. I think we see so many relationships, like men just kind of assume they can touch their partners whenever they want. You're and right. this is the op, this is not that. And so I think it feels strange to us, you know, but I really fell in love with him in this episode. You know, he's, he's now my <laughs> physical husband and not just my physical boyfriend. So we've taken it to the next level. <laughs> Congratulations. <laughs> well, thank you. We're very happy on the beach. <laughs> <laughs> Sand in the face. Yes. <laughs> Didn't have to pay for that videographer for your wedding ceremony. Exactly, but we but it had to be really fast <laughs> in the foghorns, <laughs> you know. Um, but I thought that that moment was so sweet. I was like, he is so supportive of her. Oh, I just loved it. I was like, that's what Sheila needs in her life, you know. Yeah, he's he's yeah. truly the only decent male character in the entire show. And, mm-hmm. and and I really hope they don't do a sharp turn, turn him into an asshole, too. That'd be so disappointing. Me, too. Well, he's so laid back, right? It would be almost against character type if something bad were to come from him. Because everything that we know of Tyler is that he is just a surfer dude, kind of take it as it comes. I mean, he gets sand kicked in his face twice during the filming of this video and his instructions are kick lower or kick higher (laughs) Uh uh-huh well and a child shows up to his shoot that he wasn't aware of and he's like okay you know let's just keep going you know yeah he really just rolls with the punches doesn't he Mm -hmm. And, and he tries very hard to not tell her that he doesn't think the video is very good you know he's he's just very like oh you don't you don't have to watch this right now like he just like trying to be a sensitive new age man in the best way he can. Yeah. Mm-hmm. Which if we compare him to Jerry, because I think Jerry is trying to be what Tyler actually is, you know, not as like eco like activist. Although I do think that's something Tyler cares about. Like sure. it would be easy to say that he's just a hippie and that's why he's so laid back. But I think we can see when we contrast him with Jerry that he's just a good person. And Jerry is an asshole regardless of whether they're conservative or liberal. Mm-hmm. The really telling moment for me with Tyler, and this is a great episode for him and Lou Taylor Pucci, <laughs> who's really doing great kind of understated work on the mm-hmm. show. Yeah, totally. The moment for me is when Sheila discovers Ernie's secret head shaving fetish video. Mm-hmm. Have either of you ever, ever heard of that as a fetish? I have never okay. heard of that. Hang on. We'll come back to that in a moment. <laughs> Oh, I can't wait. (laughs) I think for me, it's just, it's such a big moment. Yes, because we get this revelation about Ernie. But if you watch Tyler's reaction, he's so Mm non-judgmental. Like, he's incredibly sex positive for something that, let's be honest, is a little bit weird. Like, he immediately identifies it as a sexy thing. But he almost commends Ernie for his dedication and the amount of labor he must have put into it. And I just thought... That is very progressive for 1981. (laughs) Totally. Especially for somebody who shoots porn all day, you know? Right? I mean, maybe that's it. He's just so nonplussed because he's been exposed to all of this kind of crap before. But Mm -hmm. it's telling. But yes, Gina, let's... um, 
let's talk about the contents <laughs> of this video. I had never seen this before. I have mm-hmm. heard of girls sitting on balloons, though. Yeah, that yes. I've heard of. I've heard of that. Never heard of a you know, sexy head shaving. I didn't understand it until we saw him actually rubbing their bald head. Because as someone who has shaved their head before, people are immediately drawn to like the peach fuzz and the sensoriness of it all. So mm-hmm. I wasn't surprised, but it was a bit of a deep cut in terms of fetish. Yeah. Yeah, and <laughs> it is really fun to like rub rub a head like that. I remember guys that I would have crushes on when they used to shave their heads. I was like, ooh. Mm-hmm. But it, it's interesting because like if we think of what shaving your head traditionally is for a woman, like your hair lots of times is, is your feminine identity, you know? Mm-hmm. And so part of it's probably that he's attracted to the fuzziness because like, let's be honest, sure. that is fun. But the process of it and like turning this like really traditional female looking person into more of an androgynous looking person, which I think is really fascinating, mm-hmm. especially given the themes of this show, you know? And especially when we consider the women of this show, right? Like mm-hmm. the most kind of unorthodox looking woman is Bunny, who as far as we know, Ernie doesn't know her. But when you look at Sheila with her gorgeous, curly Jane Fonda hairdo, and then we've got Greta, who is, I think, fairly conventional in terms of her 80s aesthetic haircut. Yeah. Mm -hmm. I mean, I guess this is coding Ernie as a bit of a deviant sexual being. Like, he's, he's looking for something completely different from the women that he is exposed to in his everyday life. Mm hmm yeah, and I there's part of me that wants to like really, really dive deep into Ernie's head and like figure out why he is into this and what does it say about his preferences and what does it say about his sexuality and what does it say about like the gender norms that he is perpetuating, but how does he actually feel about them? But then part of me is like, I don't know. I think what I found really telling is how like kind of repulsed Sheila was by it or shocked by it she's like no this is not normal this is weird which I can imagine having that reaction especially in the early 80s but that must seem like the worst thing that she could do if she were to try to please a man in that way like that would just be such a self-sabotaging thing for her which I think is is interesting because she prizes her appearance so much you know well she does but also I think at the same time she finds the idea of sex and sexuality kind of repulsive. Yes, Mm -hmm. I was just thinking that. And I don't know if it's because she's been with Danny for so long or or it's because she just dislikes her body so much that that it makes it impossible for her to enjoy sex. That I think that even even if the video just had, you know, a couple having sex, she'd still be, oh, gross, this is awful, turn it off. Yeah. Yeah, because her reaction when she goes to rent the VCR so that she can play the tape is very much like, don't accuse me of renting this so that I can watch pornography. That's not what I would do. And I couldn't help but wonder, oh, is she a prude, like a kind of conservative housewife who isn't in touch with more ostentatious forms of sexuality? Or I think you're more right, Gina. It's just that she hates her physical body so much that she can't even imagine deriving like a sexual pleasure from it. Mm-hmm. Right. And, and the contrast with, with Danny who, who can't be naked enough, who is just right. constantly, <laughs> who is constantly just dropping his clothes whenever he gets the chance. Cause I mean, a lot of men really just don't care about that kind of thing. They're, they're, mm-hmm. you know, they're okay. Just stripping down whenever the occasion calls for it. 
Yeah. It's almost like they haven't been raised to think about that exactly. <laughs> all the time. Or to, or, or to worry. And I, and I realize that there are a lot of men that have body image problems, but yes. I, I think that it doesn't hold them back in that regard as much as it holds women back. Totally. And I mean, especially in the 80s, you know. Right. Yeah, that's kind of the way I read it is that she just hates her body so much that just the, the idea that someone would find her body attractive, too, I think might seem like confusing or off to her also, Mm -hmm. you know, which is so funny, right? That this is a show that's literally about staying thin and staying fit and staying healthy. Sheila doesn't do it for any of that. She's chasing the high, like Mm -hmm. an addict, Mm -hmm. but it's not about beauty to her. I mean, she's fucking Rose Byrne. She is gorgeous personified and right. yet when she sees herself like oh that moment when she watches the video back in mm. the horrid lighting of her basement the inner monologue i don't know that it's been this cruel since maybe the pilot and it was mm-hmm. really hard to take oh yeah she definitely backslides in this episode she does the purging uh, again. she goes back to binging and purging yeah <sighs> which i mean I didn't enjoy the fact that this character that I'm starting to care about did that, but I did kind of appreciate the honesty that, like, she didn't solve all of these problems just by finding something new, you know? Like, I felt like that was pretty honest. But then she has that, that I guess she's busted a vessel in her eye. Yeah, which is a very, a very common thing uh, Mm -hmm. from the um, exertion of uh, vomiting, First one mm-hmm. in your eye. Oh, uh, okay. I'm such a dum dum. I was trying to figure <laughs> out how it happened because obviously it's not because Maya punched her in the no. face, but of course Danny would believe that. Ugh. Right? She punched. But yes, that was okay. A funny that moment. makes so much yeah. more sense. I thought she had overexerted herself doing the video at the beach. Mm. Yeah, no, that was that was from throwing up. Yeah. Yes, mm-hmm. <laughs> I get that now, Gina. This is it, it's pretty honest about the unpleasantness of eating disorders. Mm-hmm. Which is interesting because I just watched a movie for the Tribeca Festival called Shapeless, uh, which is about a woman with uh, with knees where she has bulimia, and I was genuinely surprised at, at how much of the really unpleasant details it, it it illustrated, and and I think it's good because you know people still really have no idea how eating disorders work. Mm-hmm. No. And, you know, a lot of times they think it's something, a, you know, a person does to get attention or that, well, all they just need to do is just to eat better or, mm-hmm. and a lot like mental illness, which of course there's a huge overlap in that. It's just something people just do not want to talk about. Right. Mm-hmm. Particularly when you deal with bulimia, which is just so physically unpleasant to think about. And, 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 you know, and it's hard to believe that a person would deliberately put themselves through that. And mm-hmm. because, because of that, we just don't even, yeah, no, I'm not even thinking about that. Mm-hmm. Yeah. It's a very private, like ritualistic kind of thing. And we see what I, another thing I thought was fascinating about this episode is we start to see her kind of like, confront this like at the beginning she's asking like can i please not go to all of these potlucks i have to eat all of this and they have no clue why she's trying to set this boundary one because i don't think they give a shit about her but two Mm -hmm. it's like it's not some until you have experienced it it's hard to describe to people like how uncomfortable that would make you feel you know yeah i don't think we have seen her eat in front of in danny's presence yet you know, five five episodes in, I'm like, okay, does he not notice that she never eats? 
Oh, you're. Pr- I think you might be right. I think you might yeah. be right, Gina. Maybe she's had like a sip of coffee, but I don't think we've seen her eat a solid in front of him. Yeah. No. Oh, that's so good and terrible. It's, yeah. just, it's just, you know, it's amazing. And yet, you know, what is believable that he just simply would not notice this? Mm-hmm. Yeah. You know, and I feel like I feel like that's also the, the, the time period. I, I think now, you know, if you're particularly looking at characters that are like under 40 uh, or say people under 40 who are you know, aware of the existence of eating disorders, you know, if they were dating or, you know, married to someone and, you know, I never see these people eat. So, you know, either they have a, you know, an eating disorder or they're a vampire. Could <laughs> <laughs> be both. Mm-hmm. Yeah, but it's probably one or the other. Right. But Danny's just so oblivious that... Yeah. He probably just thinks, well, you know, she's on another one of her diets. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. If yeah. he thinks about it at all, like, it would right, not, right, I right, wouldn't right. put it past it that it just doesn't enter his mind, you know? Right, right, right. So I'm curious then, how do you read what happens at their fondue couple's dinner date with Greta (laughs) and Ernie? Obviously, there's the stunning, you know, lazy Susan camera technique, but Sheila just flat up gets up in the middle of this dinner and leaves. And I'm curious, do you think that at any point Danny is going to start to notice? Because he does seem to be catching on that she's acting differently, at least Mm -hmm. in the last couple of episodes. Now that they're doing things together and it impacts him, how she is perceived by others. Yeah, now I think he is kind of starting to pick up on things. Yeah. Yeah. I want to shout out to that. I liked Ernie until this point. And when he starts talking about how Greta does not handle dairy well and then making fart noises at the table, I turned against him. So he's my enemy now. It's like a one-scene disaster. Exactly. <laughs> your, your wife your wife doesn't handle dairy well, so you take her to a fucking fondue restaurant. Exactly. Well, Gina, it's his favorite restaurant. That's why they're <laughs> there. Which is just, it tells you everything that you need to know. I'll confess, when we first met Greta, I wondered if it was... Oh, I did such a man thing. You're going to fucking hate <laughs> me for this. I immediately went to this, well... Is she saying anything to him? Like, has she made her opinions known about this? But it's mm-hmm. like, she's literally saying this at the table. He's acknowledging she has a dietary restriction, but he still makes her come there. And then she tells Sheila, point blank, oh, this is because it's his favorite restaurant. Yeah, no, Ernie's a terrible piece of shit. Just yeah, chuck yeah. him up with all the other men on the show. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. Yeah, I think, I think Ernie grudgingly respects Sheila, but he doesn't respect Greta at all. No. Mm-hmm. Yeah, and it was funny to me, like, because the way the scene is presented, it reminded me a lot of that 70s show, actually, when they have, like, this the rotating, like, pot oh, circle. Oh, they're getting high, yeah. Yeah, 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 which I thought was was delightful, but this, this scene was not so delightful. But Ernie and Danny are just, like, talking with their mouths full all over the place. They got cheese mm-hmm. on their face. It's disgusting. So gross. And it just, like, since, Gina, I think you're right, we haven't seen her eating in public I think it's meant to show like they are being repulsive by kind of any polite standards, you know, and they don't give a shit. And it's like such a contrast between how she feels about eating, you know. And it's also a pretty good illustration of how Danny just seems to mimic the men he's around. Yes. You, you know, when when he's with Jerry, he's very sarcastic and, and, and dismissive of Sheila when he is with. Ernie, God, I was, was going to call him Louie for some reason. Louie, Louie, Ernie, whatever. He looks and, like a Louie. He, he, could, he could be a Louie. 
Yeah. When, when he's with Ernie, he gets very loud and, and he's eating more aggressively the way Ernie is. He just, he doesn't seem to have his own personality around other men. He's mm-hmm. a mimic, right? Right. Yeah, that's a good call. Uh, well, it's interesting then. How do you read Danny's performance on the talk show debate? Is that another active mimicry or is it you know sheila figured out a great way to make her husband become eloquent for a change (laughs) i think it's probably a mix of both and i mean if we're talking about his mimicry i mean he is adapting to the situation that he's in so he is becoming kind of the well-spoken person although i think what i read it as is that he yeah he's kind of a piece of shit and he annoys me but he does have a little bit of substance you know there is something there, and I can see why maybe she was initially attracted to him, you know? Mm-hmm. Still got elements of that Berkeley activist that we see in the campaign ad where he was arrested for publicly demonstrating. <laughs> right, yeah. And I actually kind of liked Danny and Sheila for a little bit. <laughs> oh I mean, my gosh. was great. I, lo- <laughs> I love a good attack ad, and sorry, yeah, keep going. No, that's Jen. okay. No, 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 go ahead. Because <laughs> Jerry is such a scumbag in that ad. <laughs> But we do get another classic Sheila dressing down in this episode where she just like fucking tears into Jerry. I watched it twice. (laughs) It was awesome. It was so satisfying. I know. And he just cowed, man. He cannot stand up to scrutiny. Uh Uh-oh. Well, I don't think it's to powerful women either, right? Like he's not used to people saying no to him, but Mm -hmm. especially not women. Mm Mm-hmm. Because we speculated that part of the reason... Like, we know that Jerry is here because he has broken up with a girlfriend recently. But we speculated in the last episode that part of the reason he was lashing out was because he had had his feelings hurt by a woman. So all of a sudden, now that Sheila is really dominating him, he just doesn't have the balls to stand up, right? Mm -hmm. Yeah, it makes me wonder what he was like in that relationship, you know? And if maybe kind of him being a super asshole right now is kind of a pendulum swing from just letting himself be cowed for so long in that relationship, you know? Mm Mm-hmm. He just cannot stop making digs about where Sheila grew up and all. And I, and I, I, I mean, that has to be a setup for something we're going to discover mm-hmm. later in the season. Like, like he knows he knows this is a sore subject for her, and, and he keeps mm-hmm. bringing it up. Yeah. In really cruel ways. Like, he is really mean. Noticeably mean, you know? Oh, yeah. Well, yeah. noticeable to everyone but Danny, who apparently doesn't give a shit. He's yeah. too busy being such a good dad. I remain shocked that Danny does not speak up. Well, and if I think I really like your point about him mimicking the people he's around, because if he's kind of like taking on Jerry's personality in that moment, he wouldn't think that he needs to. He would be agreeing with Jerry, you know, and that just shows kind of what a shitty husband he is. Right. Exactly. Mm, Yeah. Um, I'm curious to see as to where things are going to go with Jerry. I think if anything, it cues us that we are going to see Sheila's parents at some point. Mm-hmm. If only because we we keep teasing, oh, okay, she's not just from a privileged background, but also that she has kind of either chosen to or been forced to walk away because of her relationship with Danny. Mm-hmm. So I can only believe that now that he's becoming an increasingly public figure as he runs for a political office i can't help but wonder if her parents are going to either show up or cause some drama or something like that 
Yeah. Which, again, is another connection that we find out she now has with Bunny, too. Right, mm-hmm. exactly. Well, and that's actually one of the reasons why I think we will see Sheila's family, because I never expected that we would get to meet Bunny's family. Mm-hmm. And it was very much like, oh, is this cueing us that we're going to start seeing more? I just think there's so much of Bunny and Sheila's trajectories that are kind of like they're matching each other. So mm-hmm. when we saw her sister show up, I don't know. There's some interesting family dynamics going on there, too. There are. Yeah. yeah. She talk, She talks to her in the same condescending way that, you know, a lot of the male characters you speak to women in this, which is which is mm-hmm. interesting. Yeah. And we don't see her really snap back the way we've seen her snap back with Sheila, too. You know? Mm-hmm. Yeah. Bunny remains an enigma. <laughs> a delightful enigma. Yeah. Yeah. And I mean, I think we also get a little bit of a reminder that she is taking speed too. you know, so she's while she looks like she's got a lot of herself put together. I think she is still she does still have some demons she's battling. Is that what she put in the shake? I think so. Or at least that's what she told Sheila. I think it's the first episode or the second episode. Right. Her, right, like, right. Drink your pink. Oh, right. The pink speed. Yeah. Yes. Yeah, it, yeah, yeah, it's like crystal crystal light and something else. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> We're just so 80s. <laughs> exactly. <laughs> uh, okay. Are there any kind of other big outstanding moments or things that you think we might have missed? Um, I wanted to say, I as much as Danny bugs the shit out of me, there were a lot of parts of he and, da- he and Sheila that I actually enjoyed I think um, when she is pumping him up and she is being really soothing for him they seem to really get along and they seem to really kind of have a sweet relationship now the problem is he's not doing any of that for her it's not reciprocated at all and when she does not do that he treats her like shit but there were those moments where I because I think we ended on the last episode and I was like oh well she's moving out she's done with Danny you know and I kind of liked the kind of honesty, again, about her backsliding with uh, going to the hotel. It's like, yeah, it's it's more complicated than that, you know? And there are yeah. still things that she likes. And I was thinking, like, because he's so insecure in this episode, and he's like, oh, I'm going to sound like an idiot. Jerry doesn't think I can do it. And then she, like, pumps him up, you know, and gives him, like, these soothing things. And she needs that. Like, she needs that from him. And maybe if she got a little bit of that from him, she wouldn't have this negative voice in her head all day. Or she would at least have somebody who was counteracting that the way we see Tyler kind of soothing Bunny, you know? Mm-hmm. It's such a juxtaposition in terms of the relationships. And, like, I know that we've said it before, but it's just so evident that Sheila is putting all of the labor into the relationship. And it feels really real in the way mm-hmm. that oh, she and Danny are having 100%. these ups and downs, right? Mm-hmm. Yeah. Jaina, anything else? Uh, yeah, I, I really like the scene where uh, Danny almost catches her watching her workout video. and then she, <laughs> Me too. She kind of turns it around to be like this, you know, for her at least, you know, given what's been going on, very comforting to him. And, and what did he say? A bird interrupted something? What, what, what did the yeah. bird do? I like how she's like, what kind of bird was he? He's like, I don't, I don't know fucking birds. <laughs> <laughs> I wrote that down as my favorite line because it was so funny. <laughs> yeah. And those are the moments that I love him. Yeah, that sounds like something I would say. You know, it's like, oh, <laughs> <Right. words?" Yeah. laughs> 
<laughs> right. It's a very human response. Mm-hmm. Okay, so I I appreciate that both of you like that line. I do think for me, my favorite line was Lou Taylor Pucci's very dry delivery when Sheila says, well, I don't think that Bunny likes me very much, but I think it's a good idea. And he goes through the whole rigmarole that Bunny is a very visual person. And then he says... And she doesn't like you. <laughs> right. Yeah. Yeah. His deadpan is pretty funny because mine in that conversation was, I know a sound guy from porn. He went to NYU. <laughs> just, just... Right. <laughs> uh, All these people with second careers in this show. I know. Hey, you got to hustle, you know? <laughs> Apparently so. Like, because he says, yeah, she doesn't like you. And she doesn't kind of react the way I thought she would, you know? Like, I would imagine her internal voice would kind of kick up actually hearing that spoken out loud because that's what she says to herself in her head all the time and this is confirmation of it and you know it was interesting that she didn't seem to have a reaction that we saw or heard from that Mm -hmm. and that's the same conversation where she begrudgingly admits that Greta is also her friend Mm -hmm. so I, I think she is realizing the extent to which she either needs to work at or she pushes away from her female friendships in this episode. Yeah. And I think she also recognizes that she has screwed Marion over or Miriam over and Greta by stealing that camera and that there are consequences to her actions, which again, like another consequence is when she has the busted blood vessel in her eye. Like, I think this is going to catch up with her, her kind of self-destructive behavior. And I was struck by the fact that she actually asks about Miriam in that scene, you know? She's like, oh, is she okay? Which I thought was progress for a little Sheila. Yeah, yeah. It'll be interesting to see because, well, maybe we can move into our predictions for the next episode because I do think that what is ultimately going to happen specifically with the Miriam Greta thing is that I think Sheila is going to blackmail Ernie over Mm. the camera in order to get Miriam back. Yeah, for sure. I, 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 I definitely think that her knowledge of the of his fetish, you know, she's going to yeah. You know, once she can get past her repulsion over it, mm-hmm. she's she's going to use it to her advantage. I mean, she'd be mm-hmm. she'd be silly not to, and I and I think that she is you know sly enough to you know get the value in doing that. But yeah. even one or two episodes ago, I would have thought that she would use that to get campaign money for Danny or some mm-hmm. kind of public backing for his political campaign. And now I actually think she's going to blackmail Ernie so that she can help Greta, who is now her friend, apparently. Mm-hmm. Yeah, I was thinking that would be a way to get back into Greta's good graces because Greta saw her um, no and knew way. that she bailed on dinner. I was really hoping that she would take Greta with her when she left, but... I guess knowing what she was going to go do, she can't really do that. Yeah. I do love the way that driving is filmed in this series. It's always <laughs> just like aggressively pulling up to stoplights and having a freak out and then driving off very, very quickly. Mm-hmm. It's very huffy. <laughs> yes. <laughs> uh, um, okay. What do we think is going to happen with the fallout from the debate and the video. So Danny suggests that they need to hit back with their own campaign video. Do you think that that's going to come into play? Anything with John Bream? Probably. And I think Tyler um, will be involved in that, I think. Which, uh, side note, I was really annoyed how mad they got at Sheila about that, as if she had dropped the ball. 
Um, yeah. But yeah, I think that's probably going to be the next step. And so then maybe we'll find out a little more about John Bream. Hmm. I, I could do without. I could do without learning more about John Bream, but we'll see. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, I'm, he's one of the people I'm less interested in right now. Especially because of that debate and his, and I wrote, stop interrupting, you fucker, in my notes. Because <laughs> it really bothered me. But, yeah, I think that Tyler is going to shave his head soon. Because <laughs> oh, I think no. it's just going to happen. I don't want him to, but it, he, it seems like the kind of thing that he would do. But I want, I mean, we're going to see what kind of fallout there is with Greta finding out that Sheila ditched her. And I, what I really want to happen is that they have some kind of human moment where Sheila's like, this is what I'm doing. And, and Greta's like, this is what I do too. And that they can start bonding. I don't think that's going to happen at all, but that's, that's my optimistic prediction. No, I think this is going to be another 24-hour pharmacy situation where Sheila's going to come up with some kind of not great excuse and Greta's going to have to decide if she buys it. Yeah, and Greta's not going to be as oblivious as Danny is. Greta's no. going to know and probably internalize it that another person doesn't like her. Hmm. I mean, I, I get that. That's what, that, would be my, that would be my assumption, too, if I was at dinner with people and... You know, someone just like, you know, abruptly stood up in the middle and said, well, I got to go. I would think, well, OK, I guess this is my fault. Yeah. Yeah. Which is interesting because there was that moment when um, Sheila did wanted to watch the video and we kind of got an, a glimpse of Tyler not really wanting her to watch it. And my initial read of that was Tyler was self-conscious about his filming, you know, like maybe he wants to edit it first, which I get. I mean, there is that one moment where he literally says, oh, I'm sorry, I wasn't. I was filming out of focus. Oh, right. When it was blurry. <laughs> like, Tyler, isn't this your job? Right. Come exactly. <laughs> well, I, I don't know. I don't know. I don't know if pornographers are as particular as, as Sheila might be. Right. Yeah. <laughs> Maybe blurry bodies is a separate fetish of its own. <laughs> I mean, I'm sure it is. <laughs> <laughs> All right. Well, that seems like a plenty of potential storylines that we might see. So, uh, Gina, if people want to speculate with you, how might they find you online? I am on Twitter under Porcelain72, and I am also the co-host of the Kill by Kill podcast, uh, in which we talk about horror movies focusing on the characters. Nice. And Jen? Um, well, if you want to join my Tyler fan club, you can find me at <laughs> Jen Ferratu on all of the socials. And you can also find me uh, co-hosting the Losers Club podcast and the Psychoanalysis podcast uh, talking about mental health and horror. Nice. She's at Jen Hart Tyler at Twitter.com. <laughs> I know. I'm going to have to change my handle. <laughs> she's, she's starting her own alt account. It's, just, uh... it's Tyler specific. <laughs> right. Uh, well, I don't have the same fixation with Tyler, but uh, <laughs> if you would like to get a hold of me, you could do so at Beast on my remote. That's the letter B. And listen to my horror podcast at Horror Queers every Wednesday. Yes, I, I know what I'm talking about. <laughs> So that is our show. That's another week of White Ladies in Crisis. Big shout out and thank you to the Anatomy of a Scream pod squad for hosting us. And uh, I guess until next week, we will, I don't know, like what, burp at the table? And... <laughs> we'll be chewing our food loudly and obnoxiously. Dig, it, dig, into, those, dig into those pearl onions. <laughs> right. Gross. Learning about birds, maybe. <laughs> right. Yes. We'll come back knowing the names of birds. <laughs> Goodbye. Bye.
Pod Squad.